Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode. So, Shui, let's start with the NBA and the basketball this week. And I guess we'll clean up the end of the playing games from last week because they'd happened when we recorded, but we hadn't seen a hell of a lot. And there's aftermath. There is. Yeah, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of things from those previous games. Now, Patrick Beverly was fined $30,000 for, quote, egregious use of profanity. Right. This included answering a question about a vow he made in September about taking the Wolves to the playoffs with... I told you we were going into the playoffs. Most of you, you all looked at me like I was crazy when I first said that. I fucking told you all. So what he's done, he's posted on Twitter a picture of the QR code from his Venmo with the handle at Fines for Beverly. Lots of people on either side of this, you know, bro, you made 13 million this year and you're asking for a handout. Absolutely. This reeks of the Latrell Sprewell, I've got a family to feed bullshit comments. Speaking of Minnesota as well, back in the day. Do you remember that? Yeah, you're absolutely right. That That's is. what comes to mind immediately when I heard about this. Yeah, it's disgraceful. Okay. Right. He's okay. like that, don't you think? Well, no, no. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, sorry. Flip side. There, okay, there let's are, do the flip side. Flip side. And, yeah. and, and I, the one that I liked the most on the other side was someone who said, everyone tripping that people are sending money like it's any of their damn business what others do with their money. If I want to light a $20 bill on fire, that's my prerogative. Well, actually, it's illegal. It's illegal yeah. as well, yes. <laughs> so that's a really bad example. It, 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 but at the same <laughs> To destroy... Legal, uh, legal, yeah, legal tender. tender is, yeah. But, yeah, oh, look, okay, that's a point. That is a point. It is a point. And I, look, I'm 100% with you. I don't think that is anyone else's place to pay his fine. Yeah. And quite frankly, the league should step in, but I don't know if they can. No, no, I don't think they can. But like, it's a bit of a dick move on his part, I think. Mm, because, I mean, he'll make more in a season than the majority of his fans will make in a lifetime. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are sort of looking at it going, well, in Minnesota, we look after our people. You know, we, we, we're happy to put in a few dollars to pay these fines because especially if you look at what Pat Bev did in that game and also what he has done. Oh, well, he, did, he did exactly what they brought him into the city to do as far as winning games and playing hard-nosed defense and all that sort of stuff, bringing that aggression all that. Yeah, mm. he's a great player to have come playoff time. And so the people of Minnesota are just trying to show that, hey, we appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, yeah. so that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And then the other one was this whole incident with Miles Bridges being thrown out of the game against Atlanta. Yes. Throwing a mouth guard at a fan who was mouthing off at him. And God, that guy was larger than life, wasn't he? He was. <laughs> he, was he just seemed like a caricature. And the worst part is that he wasn't even the one that copped it. it That's was so often the way. 16-year-old girl behind that who copped the mouth guard. I think it hit her in the shoulder and then bounced, did, bounced yeah. up. So yeah. thanks, I saw please. the footage just before we hit record again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it kind of reminded me of that whole Steph Curry incident against Cleveland where he fouled out in the, the yes, and he pegged, and yeah. It was game six, I think it was. And yeah, he's pegged it and it's hit that fan. And, yep. But uh, yeah, Bridges has reached out and said, look, if anyone knows this girl, please let me know because I'd love to reach out to her. I don't know what he's going to do exactly. but Well, the thing I found interesting was in his apology, he seemed to kind of say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't intend to hit the girl. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not sorry about pegging my mouth guard into the yeah. crowd. I'm sorry I missed that dude. Basically. So it was a bit of an interesting yeah. apology in that sense. And as but... a professional athlete, disappointing that you missed him. Yeah. It's not a great part. Well, hey, they were down like what nearly 40 at the yeah. time. It was pretty woeful. Wasn't they, it? Their defense in that game, some of the worst defense yeah. I reckon I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm not disappointed I missed that one. Put it that way. So we had a couple of other playing games. I don't know how much you managed to see of, of these ones. I see your list there, and I did watch Atlanta and Cleveland. I did, right. yes. So we'll might as well start with that. Yeah, so yeah. Atlanta 107, Cleveland 101. Yep. Cleveland officially out of the playoff yes. race. Atlanta in as the number eight seed. What did you think of the game? Yeah, it was an interesting seesawing affair a little bit, wasn't it? Trey Young really hit fire towards the end. And again, I, I 
kind of bad uh, he's a bit of a villain and i badmouthed his the regular season is boring comment well they survived the regular season congratulations there's no denying his skill and talent he was knocking down threes he threw some very tasty dishes uh in those two playing games too i thought so i think well, he was probably the difference for mine oh, he played very well yeah absolutely the big takeaway for me for this game was that halftime Stephen a smith said that he forgot john collins wasn't playing put it in perspective John Collins hadn't played for a month at that point mm. and I know you and I put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be across everything probably more than we should given that this is a hobby and a labor of love so it did make me feel a little bit better when a professional gets a detail like that so wrong mm. turns out he actually played in game one which is good for Atlanta now that they are in the first round and they need him against Miami and we'll get to that but yeah that was the other thing that stuck out for me as well yeah and look, the big reason that they need him is because Clint Capella went down in that game. Yes, and- that's right. That was an interesting one, wasn't it? Well, it was. So Evan Mobley's gone up for a, a, I don't know, a reverse layup, a dunk, whatever. And Capella's gone for the ball fake and come down and basically grabbed him by the neck, which ended up being a flagrant foul. Kind of grabbed him on both shoulders and pulled him down. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's 100% a flagrant. Yeah, absolutely it was. Yeah. But then as they've landed, Mobley's fallen backwards onto Capella's knee and yep. kind of hyperextended it. So... Yeah, he's done for the season, which obviously then puts even more pressure on them to have Collins available. True. And it puts more pressure on guys like Okongwu and, and those sorts of players. Gallinari, I guess, as a, as a power forward as well. You're right, though, about this game, just quickly. It, it was absolutely a tale of two halves. So Cleveland, first half, they were absolutely running, oh, yeah, they were looking good. running the Hawks off the floor. And it's funny, I was thinking, geez, they might even take a few games from my... They're looking pretty good. I like their three big-man lineups, hey? I know. Who would have thought you would potentially even like Laurie Markkinen? <laughs> he played bloody well. He was not missing. What? Well, like, geez, how many threes did he hit? I think he hit seven. Yeah. This is very much a situation that just fits him a lot yeah, better yeah, it than does. Chicago. It does. But, it does. But yeah, they're rolling. You know, Trey Young had six points at the half. He finished with thirty-eight. Yeah, so. yeah. He played superb in that second half. And, yeah. and you know, people always say, "Do what you do best," and that's what Trey did. Second half. Floater game, elite, absolute elite floater game. I always talk about that. But taking like threes from like a good two meters behind the line as well. That, <laughs> like, that, sometimes that's what it takes. Well, that's what you know, Steph they, does. They, a lot of it's the modern game. They always say with shooters though, just seeing the ball go in the basket, you know, get to the free throw line, maybe, yeah, get a floater, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And yeah, he put him on his back and, and that was that. And Cleveland, they looked a bit tired down the stretch. Their starters all played at least 36 minutes. Garland went 43. It was a little bit more, I guess, yeah, dispersed nicely with Atlanta. You had DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Onyeko Okongwu, DeLon Wright. They all played 21 to 29 minutes right in that sweet spot and they had fresher legs. So, And Jared Allen was back too, which was interesting. There are a few guys back that I didn't expect to be back that quick. So that might have affected our tips a little bit, yeah. but I mean, it's I th- always hard tipping ahead. And the thing is like Allen, he's, he's not fresh. So No, no, he, he contributed though, I thought. But he, but he's not 100%. He's, he's not all-star, Alan. That's... Yeah, yeah. well, he's got the off-season now. He does. Yeah. He does. But I think that'll be a bit of hunger for Cleveland. Mm. That's a good experience for them. Well, and, and the thing is, again, we, we go back to it. No Colin Sexton all season. Yes, yep. This is a team that has overachieved and arguably their best player is coming back next year. So And Ricky Rubio, by all accounts, was making a difference too. So, yes. so a couple of big names. Okay, granted, they're backcourt players and they have Rondo and they could cover them a bit, but it, they're, they're big names. Huge, yeah. yeah. Now, the Pelicans-Clippers game was kind of ruined by the fact that Paul George was rubbed out before it started. Mm. Play in P. <laughs> yeah, well, stay in P. Stay in P, yeah. yeah. Isolation yeah. P. Yeah. Different type of isolation. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, look, I think we kind of both thought this was going to go a very different way. Paul George plays. We didn't necessarily think it was going to be a blowout. It was predicted to still be a fairly close game, but I think we both thought the Clippers would win that one. I did expect the Clippers to win, but neither would have surprised me, even if he had played, to be honest, because mm. CJ McCollum's fit in really well there and and they, they did some good things. Yeah. yeah. So New Orleans 105, defeat LA 101. A lot of the attention with this one goes to Brandon Ingram. He was amazing. 30 points, 14 of 21 from the field. For me, though, it was the role players of New Orleans. That's what I loved. Larry Nance Jr., he was basically a throw-in with the CJ McCollum trade. Certainly better in that second half than the first half, I thought. No, but, it's huge. Yeah. 14 points, 16 rebounds, seven offensive, and yep. some massive plays down the stretch. He basically kept Jonas Valanciunas on the bench. Yeah, and he started well. He had what? He had double-figure rebounds in the first half, Jonas. So there's a bit of a tale of two halves in that one too, actually. Yeah. yeah. But then if you look at who else was playing the big minutes down the stretch, Herb Jones, rookie. Trey Murphy the third rookie. Naji Marshall, I'm pretty sure he's a rookie as well. I like the D that Herb Jones plays, though. He oh, locks down. He yeah. should have probably been all defensive team. There's a, there's a reason why they were starting him. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then even like Jose Alvarado, they all put in big minutes down the fourth. And this team kind of grew up before our eyes. It was, it was really great to watch. The flip side is that someone like Devontae Graham, okay, he can barely get on the floor right now mm. because his knee's stuffed. He played... 28 minutes a game in the regular season. He played 336 in this one. Yeah. So, yeah, it, look, it's great, though. Their lineups are all interchangeable. They've got these great oversized guards with huge wingspans. And again, McCollum's given them that kind of veteran presence that they really needed to kind of solidify and glue it all together. So, yep. yeah. And again, just like Cleveland, they're missing their best player, arguably. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, with Zion, yeah, I think you can make a strong case. Brandon Ingram, Ingram CJ. would be at the moment. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. You know, you're talking about one of these guys who was labelled, okay, probably mislabeled early, but labelled a generational sort of player because of what he can do on the basketball court. You add him into this team. Yep. And holy shit. Yeah, well, they might have a better chance of keeping him in town with Christian James McCollum there. I learnt that in the commentary. (laughs) I never knew that prior to that. That would have been like Corey Joseph. (laughs) That would have been pretty cool. Corey Joseph McCollum. I'll tell you what, though. Both teams tried to lose this one at the foul line. <laughs> it was ugly. 13 of 25 for New Orleans, 22 of 34 for the Clippers. Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, not not great, but it also added to the drama. Because yes. Missed free throws represent opportunities Indeed. a lot of the time. So, so, very, very cool. So, we had our eight series all set. And yes. And we've had a game in each now, or at least a game least in each. One. Yeah. Yep. So I kind of, I mean, I've got some takeaways from them. I'm not sure how much you've had a chance Fire to away, yeah. I'll reflect on your takeaways. Let's do that. I, I see the top of your list there. I did watch that Phoenix-New Orleans game. I'm a bit disappointed that was the game we got on ESPN, mm. but I had to play the hand I was dealt. I'll tell you what, the way Phoenix started, you're thinking, bloody hell, this is going to be a long, well, a short, long series yeah. for New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. And then in the second half, they acquitted themselves so well. They'll take a lot away from that because... Phoenix played nearly flawless basketball in the first half. They were magnificent. And Chris Paul, my God, mm. what a game, hey? Did you get a chance to see it? Or I saw highlights. I didn't yeah. get a chance to see it, unfortunately. But yeah, oldest player with 30 points and 10 assists in a playoff game. Yep. Very, very impressive. Yep. And he did get that 30 pretty late, but yeah, he played superbly well. He did. Really well. I think, look, for me, the big stat from this one is it's really simple. It's the field goal percentage. New Orleans, 38% or less than 38% from the field. Phoenix nearly 54. It's so funny you say that because on the kind of, what do they call it, wired or... People who are plugged in with the microphone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they showed Willie Green on the bench and he basically said, guys, you're playing well. You'll start hitting your shots. 
just keep playing the way you're playing. It'll be okay. And sure enough, that's what happened in the second half. The shots started dropping and they, they actually had a chance to win. Hmm. Oh, they helped themselves. They had 25 offensive rebounds in the game, but when you shoot that poorly, it's very hard to overcome. It's, and it's hard to overcome a big margin against a very, very good team. Absolutely. Now, Minnesota was probably the, the shocker, I guess, of the first day getting the, the biscuits over Memphis. Yeah, yes and no. I think I think Minnesota would have been really happy with that matchup because they would have looked at Memphis and gone, okay, they have a better record than us and they've played really well this season, but they're young and we, we can take them. So that's that's a mouth-watering. We already said it was. But. Well, both the two sevens, you wouldn't be surprised if the seven... No, not at all. One, so. Yeah, exactly. And look, first thing I will say for Memphis, there's no reason to get concerned yet. No, 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 there's not. Okay, they've lost home court, but they'll, they'll be okay. I think for me, though, the, like, the big concern for Memphis is just how easily Anthony Edwards got his numbers, like 36 points in his first ever playoff game. After a 30 in the play-in before it. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy clearly doesn't feel pressure. Yeah, he just yeah, comes yeah. out and plays his game. Do you know what I mean? Magic Johnson and Tyler Hero have more in a playoff game before turning 21. There you go. Crazy. Yeah. But Memphis gave up 43 bench points. So the second unit for Memphis is under a little bit of pressure. Yeah, already. yeah, okay. And game two, it does become quite big. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Obviously, if Minnesota... You can't go back to Minnesota down 0-2. Yeah, it's going to be tough. No, it's going to be I tough. expect John Morant to have a big one. Interestingly, the last time the Wolves won a playoff game on the road, Anthony Edwards was two. Doesn't surprise me, I hate mm. to say. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Just shows you how uh, average they have been for quite a while. Where was that, like, KG's last season with the team or yeah. one of his last seasons? Well, 2004 it would have been, I imagine. So, yeah, it would have been, like, yeah, KG, Troy Hudson, Wally Zerbiak. Yeah. Those yeah. sorts of guys. Maybe Irvin Johnson, possibly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Would have been very interesting. Trenton Hassel, I think, might have Trenton been. Trenton <laughs> Hassel with the long socks playing lockdown D. Would have been a few of those sorts yeah, of guys. Yeah, yeah. Now, Golden State, 2 nothing up on Denver. It's not looking great for Denver. It's not, see. but they are missing two of their best players. So in some ways, it's not a surprise at all, is it? But Den- Den- Denver were up early in the game today. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I've taped it. And then they got killed, didn't they? It was like 26 or something. Do you want to know what the most surprising stat is? What's that? Nikola Jokic is plus minuses. Negative 19 in game one, negative 26 in game two. So statistically, they're actually better with him off the floor. <laughs> as absurd as that is. I, they just don't look the same. As you say, no Porter Jr., no Jamal Murray. It's... I challenge any team to beat a team like Golden State in a seven-game series without their second and third best players. I challenge you to beat any of the top six or seven in the West. Exactly. Without those exactly. Or both, both conferences. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like Aaron Gordon's been putrid. Steph Curry, 34 off the bench in less than 23 minutes. It's becoming a bit of a trend for Aaron Gordon not turning up in the playoffs. Mm. I made a lot of excuses for him last season. I thought he just hit a rough patch at the wrong time, but it starts to become a trend. So keep our eyes on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Interestingly, though, with Steph, did you know that Steph had a 40-point playoff game off the bench? Coming back from injury, I'm guessing. Coming back from injury against Portland in 2016. I'm sure I did and I've forgotten. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't sound all that surprising. So I'm sure it was in the recesses Mm. of my brain. I mean, he he still played 37 minutes. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was an overtime game, if I remember correctly. And I think he dominated the overtime. Right, right. Um, But yeah, he and Nick Van Exel had 40 off the bench. Freddie Brown for the Sonics, 45 off the bench. Only three guys with 40 or more in a playoff game off the bench. Bloody hell. And the Van Exel game against Sacramento, I actually remember watching that one in that 2003 series, two days after he went for 36. 
Yeah, right. So he had a very big purple patch. In Indeed. That. that Dallas team was so much fun to watch. Oh, they were. Yeah. It was like were. the Walt Williams and obviously the, the Nash and Nowitzki. And when Finley was there. Finley, Rafe LaFrance. Tyson Ch- Oh, no. Too no, early for Tyson. Too early for Yeah, Chandler. yeah. But yeah, that was a really fun team to watch. And Sacramento obviously were brilliant as well. Oh, yeah. Now, Utah-Dallas tied at one apiece. Dallas managed to come back and have a pretty nice win today. Yeah, so Utah pinch run in game one, but Dallas kind of steadied the ship a little bit in game two. I think there's a couple of things here. So firstly, Rudy Gobert, I'm just, I don't know what to make of him right now. Six field goals combined in the first two games, one in the first game. Well, what was that crazy stat? And I don't know if we've actually talked about it on the show, but there was some stat that I saw on Twitter during the rounds that Donovan Mitchell passed to Rudy Gobert less than three times a game, and yet he had three turnovers a game, which basically meant that he was passing to the other team more than he was passing to Rudy yeah. Gobert. Now, that's a, that's not entirely true because you could dribble off your foot and that could be a turnover. But it was an interesting insight, wasn't it? So, it is. Uh, yeah. just, they don't use him right. I mean, Daniel House took six shots in game one alone in yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. Gobert's played 73 minutes in the two games and has six shots. Surely you could give him at least two or three alley-oops a game. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. He would have been such a fun guy to play with. Get him in a pick Lobs. and roll. Yeah. Lob. Yeah, that's it. You just got to put it around the rim yep. and you'll mostly finish. Oh, such long arms. But for Dallas, I think the really interesting thing has been how the other guys have gone. Luca hasn't played in games one and two. Having that win today possibly buys him game three to rest that calf. Yeah, well, so he would have got a good few days extra rest by not playing at all yet. So, mm. yeah. But yeah, Jalen Brunson, career high 41 today. He's playing for a contract, mate. Yeah, well, it worked. Yeah, yeah. And then Maxi Kleber, 8 of 11 from 3 today, 25 points. Imagine saying you'd get 66 out of Brunson and Kleber. You'd be happy with that? Be very, very happy. If they expect any success, they need Brunson to play quite well, particularly with Luca banged up. But even if Luca weren't banged up, they need good production out of Brunson. So I'm not all that surprised, to be honest, by Brunson. But it's just the fact that he was obviously having to create all of that for himself. And I saw, again, a lot of extended highlights on this and the dribble moves he's putting on to get into space. And you got to remember as well, he's an undersized player. He's not exactly like he's six foot seven. So he's actually doing a lot of this stuff against guys that are taller than him. I think Royce O'Neal checked in for a decent amount of today. So yeah, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough matchup for Brunson. I'm so impressed with how well he did it. And he shot the lights out. That obviously helps. doesn't hurt. When you get yeah, yeah. 14 threes out of Kleber and Brunson, that's a, a win yeah, any day. God, I hated his dad, Rick, when he played for the 36. <laughs> He was a fucking good player. Oh, he's good. That's why I hated him. Yeah. I remember he, he ended our season one time in uh, Adelaide yeah, there you go. in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get to some anger about Adelaide fairly shortly. Yeah, yes. The NBL is coming. So we're going to head east. Yes. We've spoken about Atlanta. They dropped game one in Miami. Did you get a chance to see any of it? I didn't get to see the, see the game, but it was, oh, it was pretty comprehensive, wasn't it? it Miami, Miami have a chip on their shoulder because no one respects them. This series feels like it's over after one. It's one of those ones. It's, it's hard... I've watched enough NBA playoff basketball to know that a team can lose by 40 and then come out and win the next game. So Mm. I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself. But again, I think Miami have a chip on their shoulder and they're trying to show people that they are serious. You know me, I like to overreact to things. Oh, look, no. I mean, it is concerning if you're an Atlanta fan. It's a big loss. Well, no Capella. Collins just coming back off injury. Trey Young, one of 12 for eight points. And that's the thing, isn't it? If Trey Young doesn't play well, they're fucked. Yeah. Plain and simple. Look, he's shown in the past he's good at making adjustments. The New York series last season, 
New York threw all sorts of different traps at him and he was able to make adjustments and, and they ended up winning the series. So we'll see what game two provides tomorrow. But this Miami team is awesome. Yeah, Duncan Robinson, 27 points on 10 shots. Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, super efficient. Tyler Hero's got through his sophomore slump and playing well again. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, they've got so many, even guys like Bam Adebayo, didn't play particularly well. He certainly didn't do it on the offensive end anyway. But you always get tea out of him, and that's the that's thing. It. And rebounding, they, yeah. They just, they choked them. They absolutely choked them. So how's this, Chewy? I don't know if you heard this stat. The first time in 386 home Boston playoff games that they've had a game winner. First time ever wow. in their home playoff game history. No Larry Bird, no DJ, no... Wow. Bob Cousy, whoever you John, want to mention. John Havlicek. John Havlicek. Yeah, Charmin. Yeah, first time ever. Wow, and it was so a layup. My God. We'll, we'll get to the end of the game in a sec. I'm guessing you have a few other notes first. I, I have notes specifically about the end of the oh, game. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So Kyrie played lights out, but he fucking screwed it up at the end, didn't he? With them up one and with the ball, dribbling around. You could tell he wanted the shot. Oh, of course he did. And then he had to give it off to K, KD at the last second, and he had an off-balance three-pointer from, what, a metre behind the arc or something and clang. Yeah. So And then they screwed up the D. Oh, my God. Big time. And it's interesting because as an OKC fan, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people posting, oh, where was Kevin Durant on the play? I've seen this happen before when he was in Oklahoma City. I go back to this game. So... It's the 40 and 11 Oklahoma City Thunder facing the 14 and 37 Orlando Magic. Oh, okay. You're dredging up a regular season game. It, yeah. This is in February of 2014. So up by one, Durant misses a fairly tough jumper from the free throw line. Seven seconds left. At the time the rebound is taken, Durant is level with basically the top of the circle above where the free throw line is. Tobias Harris is under the basket in the restricted zone. Fast forward five seconds later, and Harris receives a pass and dunks home the game winner. Durant is walking over the halfway line. Wow. Okay. Didn't even, even when he realized he was behind the play, he didn't start running. He still just walked. So I've seen this sort of bullshit, I guess you'd call it. Well, there's concerns that he'll be running to the ground because he's played a lot of minutes. Yeah. And they need him to play a lot of minutes without Ben Simmons. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that's the question. It could, could it be that it's lazy? Could it just be that? His brain switched off. Either way, he's standing at the free throw line while Jason Tatum is spinning, scoring the game. Oh, but the whole play broke down because they had two guys on the wing that were out of the action almost immediately. So they're playing with five on three. It's no wonder they got a layup yeah. to win it. Yeah. yeah. And look, hats off to Tatum for scoring it. Absolutely. And look, Brooklyn... and they shared the ball. Hats off to the guys to get him the ball too. Yeah. They, they passed it around to get it to him. Yeah. The, the thing is, like going back to last week when I picked Brooklyn in the series, it's no slight to Boston. They are a fantastic team. Oh, of course. Yeah, it was a hard, it was one of the harder series to pick. I, I would be no more surprised if Boston won it in four as I would be in Brooklyn winning it in five. I'd be a little bit surprised if Boston swept, but they're, they're, they're capable. Yeah. They're absolutely capable. They've got great team. They've got the defensive yeah. player of the year as well in Marcus Smart. Yes. <laughs> which, yes. which I'm, you know. That's I'm, been announced. I'm okay with it. First yeah. guard since I think Gary Payton. Gary Payton, Payton 95, to, 96, I want to say. Uh, yeah, 95, yeah. 94, 95. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, around that ballpark. But yeah. Uh, yeah, look, you know what? Full full credit to him. He is the anchor of their defense, the best in the league. I've got, I got no issues with it. I just don't like him because he's a flopper. But as I say, like either way, if Boston win it or Brooklyn win it, not going to be surprised what the number is. Any, I just hope it goes seven. Every game is just a complete point toss. Yeah. So now they're saying Ben Simmons could be game four or five. Okay. 
But apparently he hasn't even scrimmaged five on five drills yet. So yeah. I don't know what's going on there. What did, what did you make of Kyrie Irving with the, the double middle finger? Oh, he's a dick. He's a dick. Okay. I mean, he, <laughs> he screwed Boston. He said he'd come back if they wanted him. They wanted him. He didn't come back. I'm just so glad because the Spurs were on his short list when he wanted out of Cleveland. And I'm so glad we didn't give up to Jonte Murray for him. I love your hindsight Spurs trades. Oh, no. But even at the time, I was like, there's no way I want that fucking guy in my team. Like He's he's a bit of a cancer. It's, it's hard, though, when he's, he's a great so player. bloody good. He yeah. played bloody well, but he did screw it up at the end. And yeah. so how many of those points are for naught if, if you screw up the end? Yeah. And he did. He pounded the ball. Got a really bad shot off when they could have won the game and stolen home court. So, yeah. There's still time. Oh, of course. There's still time. There is. There is. But yeah, apparently, so I was listening to Bill Simmons today when I was driving. And apparently, during the national anthem, someone yelled out during like a pause between verses or whatever, like when there was a brief period between the singer singing. After the land of the free. Maybe. I don't know. I oh, do you know this too. No, no, no. I'm just. Oh, pissed. someone yelled out, fuck you, Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> get awesome. fucked or something to that effect oh that's so good oh jeez yeah. yeah yeah not very respectful of the no, anthem but no, uh, no. well that's, that's <laughs> yeah true but yeah they don't like him there and i don't blame him i don't particularly like him either now we've got a couple more so milwaukee won the first game against chicago did you get to see any of that? i saw the end of that prior to the phoenix and and pelicans game okay. yeah yeah uh, for, from all accounts chicago were deer in the headlights pun intended in the beginning and then actually played quite well and had a chance to win it. They just couldn't execute down the stretch, missed some free throws. Yeah, but they'll feel okay about that one, I think. Good pun, by the way. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. intentional. Like it was well, intentional. The reason why I feel optimistic about it is if you look at these three, DeMar Rosen, 6 of 25 from the field. Nikola Vucevic, 9 of 27. Zach Levine, 6 of 19. That is 21 of 71, combined less than 30%. Yeah, and Vooch had good numbers. He, he had a ton of rebounds, but not good shooting percentage, yeah. If yeah. they bring that up to 40 45%, they probably win that game. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's going back to that Phoenix Pelicans game, isn't it? When the shots start falling, yeah. it's a different proposition. I mean, look, Chris Middleton wasn't amazing. Drew Holiday didn't shoot the ball well, but defensively, he's obviously everywhere. And he still had decent numbers. It was Giannis. Yeah, he is a beast. Plain and simply, it was Giannis. Yeah. Just yep. dominated. So, yeah, this this one looks like it could be an interesting, potentially one of the most defensive-minded series out of them all as well. It's certainly one of the lowest-scoring ones. I think Milwaukee will like this as a bit of a tune-up as they progress through because I fully expect them to do so. Absolutely. And the last one, Philadelphia 2 nothing lead over Toronto. Yeah, look, the challenge is when they get to Toronto and they don't have Thibault, but Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. So game one is officially the maxi game. Yeah. So 38 points, super efficient from the field. Good support from Harden, Embiid, and Tobias Harris. Maxi, the youngest sixer with 30 points in a playoff game, beating the record previously held by Mo Cheeks. Ah, very Bay. good. Yeah. Surprising that he was the guy because he wasn't really. Yes and no. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. a big scorer. He was a distributor. Yeah, true, true. If you'd said Andrew Tony or, yeah. or Dr. J. Absolutely. Or, yeah. Bobby Jones. Yeah. There's so many yeah. guys. Will Chamberlain. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, there's, yeah. there's a few guys you yeah. could have looked out with that. Yeah. Did you see that Philly only had three turnovers in that game and two of them late? Wow, a, really? They had the shot clock turnover. No wonder they the, won so comfortably. Yeah, and James Harden sort of threw a pass out of bounds with like three minutes left in the game. So, wow. Yeah, it had one turnover right up to the wow. last. Wow, I, I, no, I did not see that. Yeah, I, look, I don't know. Maybe it's Toronto on the road. I thought they'd put up more of a fight. I legitimately thought this was a danger series for the 76ers, but. It might still be. 
Yeah, I don't know. Two, two nothing's a good start. Yeah, and Embiid, I think Embiid has a bit to prove too. Yeah, and, and realistically, game two, it was just Maxi and Embiid that kind of swapped. Embiid was big only at 31, played really well. It's hard for them to defend him. Well, I'll actually expand on that and say it's hard for them to defend him without fouling. That's, yes, that's yeah, the key. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know he lives at the line too. So, Well, if you look at the stats, like game one, they had 34 free throw attempts as a team. Game two, 30. Well, I think he had 12 in the first quarter. Okay, yeah. Just him alone, yeah. I think it was. So it was a lot. But 20, yeah. 29 more free throw attempts than Toronto in the oh, first two it's games. It's huge. It's huge. If, if they want a chance in the series, the Raptors have to keep the Sixers off the line. That's, Absolutely. Yeah. Which is easier said than done. If oh, you've got of course. Embiid yeah, yeah. and Harden on the same team. So, yeah. 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 Very, very interesting times ahead. So let's move to the NBL and a bit more interesting than last week. I think it's fair to say you and I had a chance to go to the Perth Adelaide game in different seats. And then we rendezvoused afterwards at the drown our sorrows. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a load of shit that was. Where do we want to start? Do you want to start there or you've got a bit of pricey, I guess, on the I mean, I mean, Southeast Melbourne are officially eliminated? They are. I mean, it's essentially, it is set up so beautifully right now. Right, there's every chance the last two games of this season decide spots two through five. Yep, which is great. Which is exactly what you want. Sydney, Who needs a play-in? Well, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, Jesus. well, we don't. So Sydney Illawarra play the early game, and if the Kings beat Cairns and Illawarra beat Perth... It feels like Sydney Illawarra play each other every fucking week. Yeah, it does. It they does. must have so backloaded schedule of right. playing it. Yeah, anyway, sorry. Well, well, Sydney played Melbourne all early. Early, that's yeah, true. That like, is true, yeah. Like yeah. But yeah, if Sydney and Illawarra win those two games, then that game will decide who gets second spot. Yep. And Melbourne United locked down top spot, so they they really should rest most of their players against Tassie. But I've heard that Vickerman said they'll all play. Right. Which is very interesting. Yeah, well, winning form is good form. Yeah. I can understand that. But if all of that goes down, then Perth and South East Melbourne... The last game of the season decides whether Perth's playoff streak stops at 35 or extends to 36. And even though the Phoenix have no real... They're nothing to play for. Yeah. They'll, they'll enjoy playing spoiler. Well, that's it. And Mitch Creek's already said he's going to stay. Okay. So a lot of other blokes will be playing for contracts. So there is stuff to play for. Okay, you might not make the playoffs, but there are things to play for. Professional pride, maybe an ex-contract. There will be players up in the air that might be searching for new teams. Let's so. let's be brutally honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Everyone wants to fuck the Wildcats. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. No, no one, no one east of the Great Australian Bight wants the Wildcats to win unless they were born here or happen to be a fan for some reason. I, I reckon there's probably about four guys in the league who were alive when that streak started, like David Barlow, Brad Newley, oh, yeah, Daniel not Johnson, many. and not many at all. Probably about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a good good trivia, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, full credit to Adelaide. Let's let's start with them. Yeah, well, it turned out to maybe not be as bad a loss as it seemed when they went and beat Sydney a few days later. But we'll start with this game that we're at. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I suppose it's the first quarter. It's, it's the same thing. Sunday Detch, Dusty Hannas, both had 11 at quarter time. And... They ran the Wildcats off the court, plain and simple. And Wildcats are dead last in first quarter scoring, the entire league, yep. dead last. Yep. It's very hard to win games when you're digging yourself a hole like that every time. But it was one of those games where at 10, 12, even 15 down, you still felt like there was a chance that Perth could come back and win it. Well, I remember thinking at halftime it was only 11, and I remember thinking that feels like a win, 11 at Absolutely. halftime, because it was looking like it could be 25, and I think it did blow out to 19, 20 well, it, got, it got to 20, so it was, okay, there, 20. Was, there was a point where, where Dusty Hannah's basically threw a ball fake, got his defender to run past him. Had the little lay-in. So, no, sidestep three. Oh, that one. Okay. So that made it 40 to 20. And that was the moment you, you could just feel the energy leave the building. 
And even late when it got back to 11, it just every time there would be a breakdown on defense, a wide open three to a Daniel Johnson or a, a Hannes or Mitch McCarron got that steal and, and the two hand dunk. Yes. Which those, those are the plays that just take all of the energy out of you. And, and as usual, Daniel Johnson just kills the Wildcats, loves playing the Cats. Now I have been really thinking about doing this for a long time. I have gone back and I have had a look at every single box score, Daniel Johnson playing us in Perth. Oh, okay. And I have the percentages. Go on. It's not quite as big a gap as we thought it would be. Okay. But his career shooting percentage is 463 from the field. 46%. 46%. Yep. He shoots 50.6%, 112 from 221 in Perth. Okay. During regular season games. So we're talking an extra 4%. Yeah, it's not tons. It's not tons, but at the same time, it's it's something. It's something. It's it something. is something. And there is an 0 for 5 and a couple of 2 for 8s in there as well. So without that... You're talking 54%. So okay, yeah, yeah. It yeah. does jump up quite dramatically. What I did think was interesting, though, he's played three playoff games in Perth. His playoff field goal percentage in Perth is 33%. Well, one of those will be that game three that we're at for the grand final. Six where of he, 20. He oh, well, the team, they only scored 59 or something. Yeah. They were woeful, yeah. absolutely woeful. That, that was doing the rounds on Twitter recently. And I'm like, holy shit, I, I was at that game, but I don't remember them scoring that few points. Yep. So 12, yeah, so 12 of 36. That'll skew it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But full credit to them. I mean, oh, absolutely. They, yeah. They picked us apart. There was a play where Mitch McCarron out rebounded two Wildcats players on the baseline. And the rebounding's been an issue all season. Absolutely. It has. Yeah. So, yeah, no real surprises. And look, Perth came out. They handled Cairns comfortably a couple of days later, which, as a Cats fan, obviously is a big relief. Well, this was the interesting thing, wasn't it? So, the Adelaide game was the members' appreciation game. And it's like, oh, dear, the team did not get up for that, did they? But they did get up for the 40th anniversary game. Now, I wasn't at that one. I do need to make one comment about the Adelaide game that I was at. Mm -hmm. Match day experience, the music. I heard a breathy auto-tuned version of Scatman John's <laughs> Scatman's World. Like, what the fuck? Why are we playing this? How Play you. the original. Who, the, who in their right mind goes, oh, they're sitting around a table and goes, oh, yeah, we need to do a cover this album. What should we do? How about a breathy auto-tuned remix of Scatman John's yeah. Scatman's World? How dare they ruin a classic? Oh disgraceful it is disgraceful. you should be ashamed of yourselves whoever yes. the fuck you are yeah. and whoever did don't play that song again at perth arena please they're not listening no we're gonna hope that they're one, yeah. of, one of the people listening please but look they've oh. come out as i said they've come out they've handled cans the jerseys looked absolutely amazing yes yeah with the black shorts yeah, yeah. And, and i've heard people say that if the streak is broken that's the time to rebrand to the yellow yeah right looks, yeah it looks yeah. amazing yeah yeah and state color Yellow. State colour yeah. and, and also the fact that... Which is why they chose it. Half the league doesn't wear yellow. Yeah, true. Apart from Brizzy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, true. But this becomes the Michael Fraser game, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I the, look, the thing that sticks out to me is the Vic Law injury. Yes. But yeah, Fraser's back. He's here for the rest of the season. So, so we've got to run, run with him. 19 points, 7 of 10 from the field. Still a bit iffy on the dribble, but... Best game of the season by far in an absolute do or die game. And it was interesting to hear in commentary. I can't remember if it was Drewy or or Heel, but they or maybe both of them basically said, "Look, the shackles are off. There's not a lot of pressure now. Mm. There's no one breathing down his neck. Just get out there and do your best." 
and that's what he did. Yeah, and it so, always it helps when the first one goes down. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, that when is, you start well. It. Yeah, and look, Matt Hodgson, brilliant in both games as well. Yeah, well, he was basically the best player in the Adelaide game, and I actually thought he sat for too long in the third. Yeah, because they seemed to make a concerted effort to go inside more. The thing that bothered me was that the Adelaide defenders wised up to that, so Detch was sagging off guys knowing the entry pass was going into Hodgson. So he'd kind of sag off and often disrupt it or even steal it. So that's where you've got to adjust, guys. And Travers did some things that bothered me as well, like not making the extra pass to an open Blanchfield in the corner. they got to tighten this shit up if they do make the playoffs, I'll tell you what. I'm like a broken record, but I still I just don't think he's NBA quality. Anyway. Oh, I think his D is what gets him in the discussion. Yeah, just D and athleticism. Yeah, D, D for discussion, not D for drafted. That's well, it. okay, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's what I think. Okay, do you think Perth can win one out of two games with Novik Law? Oh, geez, a lot would have to go right. Yes, I do, but geez, a lot would have to go right. It's it's very unlikely the way things are going. I wouldn't put my money on it. And does Koskomo lose his job if the Cats miss the playoffs? Well, geez, I tell you what, he'd struggle. Two losses to Adelaide, lost to Tassie at home. Well, the worst home record in what, since we moved to RAC Arena? I would say so, yeah. It's got to be, surely. I mean, there might have been multiple seasons where we've lost get less games at home in the regular season. Mm. Than six and five at home prior to that Cairns yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it will be interesting. It, it will be. Discussion for another time. Now, the other team, obviously, that is pushing for that number four spot is Tassie. We talk about them a fair bit because yep. we, we, I mean, oh, it's if, great for the league. It's great for the state. They've been starved for sport. It's fantastic. If they were pushing any other teams at the line, obviously we would be barracking for them. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yep. Now they're down 15 in the second quarter to the Phoenix. They show that typical grit. They push hard. They're they, disciplined. They defend well. They don't yep. turn the ball over. They shoot fairly well from outside. It's just another typical, it's like a, just another stamp in the passport. Another Tassie game, another sort of come back, another really hard push to the line. That block from Adams on Mitch Creek's drive in the last minute was massive. Love his athletics. I've been a fan of Adams. Yeah, I hope they keep him. So Tassie now have 16 wins. They're 16 and 11. Even if they lose, 16 and 12 is... Brilliant. I mean, how much of an overachievement is it? Oh, it's, it's surprising. It's pretty bloody good, especially when you consider how many games Magnus missed. And... That maybe the third import. I mean, okay, a lot of teams third import hasn't performed excellent. I mean, McIntosh is okay. He's not terrible. He's had moments. He's got he has had there. moments, and he had that game against Melbourne where he played really well. So he's not shit by any stretch of the imagination. I don't want to give that impression. Yeah, no. Look, it's it's huge. It is huge, especially with COVID. Holy shit! It's hard enough as a new team, and a new team dealing with COVID restrictions and all sorts of disruption. Wow. Okay, so on that note. And again, it's worth noting that Tassie started the season two and six. Yes. They will be the first expansion team in, I think, certainly in the last 30-odd years to finish over 500. And the average of those, I think the average of the last 12 expansion sides is like 30%. Oh, yeah. 30%. Yeah, yeah. Which is understandable. Exactly. Completely understandable. Yeah. Now, do you know the last time a team with Tassie's winning percentage didn't make the playoffs? I reckon it'll be a very long time because there's been a lot of seasons where there's been 500 teams. I'm not looking. No, <laughs> covering up the answer. There's been a lot of seasons where there have been 500 teams. And I think there's even been a season or two where a team below 500s finished fourth. Well, that when we had the play-ins. There was, there was one yeah. season where I think a team went 12 and 16 and made the four. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So have, have a guess of the year. Oh, 
I reckon it's good at least 15 years or so. Higher in terms of the amount yeah, of years ago. I don't know, 20? 1991. Wow. That was the last Wow, time. 30 years ago. 31 years, yeah. Holy shit. So with that one, Adelaide, Melbourne and North Melbourne all finished on 16 and 10 to make fourth, fifth and sixth. And that's when there were eight teams. 14 teams. We're in that in the league that year. Oh, I was going to say, but that's when there were eighteen playoffs. Six. Oh, so that's prior to the eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but you just also, before, if you looked at the talent on teams like the Newcastle Falcons, the Illawarra Hawks, the Hobart Tassie Devils back then, they were winning like five, six, seven games. Yeah. So there wasn't really a whole heap of talent at the bottom. So all the, those top teams, and I think that was the year the Wildcats finished like twenty-two and four. Yeah, they were like champions, and they won the championship. Yeah, so yeah. To to really underline what I'm saying, Tassie have done something pretty much that, I mean, even if, if they lose and don't make the playoffs, it'll be the first time in 31 years that a team with that winning percentage or higher hasn't made the playoffs. And then just quickly before we wrap this up, I am so fucking excited for Illawarra in Sydney. <laughs> that, that game over the weekend, the 107-102 overtime game. Yeah, unfortunately I missed it, i got to say. Yeah. Uh, we watched the end of it at the pub just before going into the Wildcats game. Right, right. The Tyler Harvey, Dayan Vasiljevic shootout. Man, that was fun. No. And that's that's true, actually. I saw a little bit over the shoulder of the guy in front of us at the game as well, yeah. yeah. And we did a bit of that, didn't we? We watched the end of the New Zealand uh, Tassie game at the footy. At the footy <laughs> yeah. We were at the Sport Blog Derby. Yeah, yes. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Did, I'll tell I, you I, what. I didn't want to watch the footy anyway. New Zealand did not get a good shot off in that game, did no, they? No, they did not. Yeah. So. Why are teams obsessed with going for three oh, when there's time on the clock. I just didn't think they could win it in overtime. Take it to the rack. Just just quickly, though, going back, Tyler Harvey, I obviously I give him a lot of grief. Credit where credit is due. This was the most cerebral game that I've seen him play probably since he came over. And there's, you've never doubted his talent. No, God no. No, it's just some of the decision-making and some poor form. Well, well, the thing that I've always said is that he's got the best floater game that the league's probably seen in a long time since maybe, like, I don't know, Steve Woodbury. Someone like that. That's a name that comes to mind. I don't know, Daniel Hinson or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> potentially. So when you see him forcing these threes, and it's like that floater game opens up so much. It opens up the three. It opens up the passing game. And it was just, it was a joy to watch. And honestly, I really, really cannot wait to watch that three-game series. I think Sydney will win it. I can't wait for all the playoffs. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Here's a question, Shui. Yep. So often the NBL playoffs kind of collide with the AFL preseason and round one. I actually wonder if this timing's a bit better because when the NBL playoffs hit, the AFL's kind of nearly in the mid-season lull. And I don't know. I wonder if punters are a bit less excited about the AFL, particularly if their teams aren't playing well. Well, in the, in the West, half of the people over here are not, yeah. not too excited. Well, and they the Wildcats aren't any guarantee of making the playoffs, so they, they might not even be able to have a team to support in the playoffs. But I don't know. I just It'll be really interesting to see the the, the numbers, the attendances and, and the ratings to see if maybe this actually might be a little bit better than when it hits the start of the season. Nothing pissed me off more on the drive to work when I'd listen to, to ABC in the morning and the, the sport guy would be on and they'd be talking about pre-season AFL. It's like, guys the grand final series is on and you're opening with preseason AFL. Mm. Now I know it's more popular, but geez, it's got to be degrees of importance. Hey, hundred percent. Yeah. Good stuff ahead. Cannot wait. Oh yeah. Playoff basketball. There is a lot ahead of us. Thanks for listening to this sport bloke segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at sport blokes. Mm.